Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. My name is Angel and I am your host. I would like to extend to you this invitation to join me today on a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarity with one of the many guests from the community who is committed to helping us all on our journey of spiritual transformation. Enjoy the show and be prepared to ask questions if you have them. Looking forward to seeing you today, tomorrow, and thereafter. Enjoy. Oh my goodness, here we are, halfway through the last month of the year. Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. Technology is so incredible. I was having an amazing conversation with my guests in the prep, and the show's like, nope, we're starting now. I just got cut right off. So I apologize for that. I was listening. It was sounded really great. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> my guest this evening is Kelvin Chin, um, our international, um, I call him a meditation guru. Call him what you like. Welcome to the show, Kelvin. It's such a thrill to have you here tonight. Welcome, welcome. Great to be here with you, Joe. Great to be here. So, you know, Kelvin has um, an interesting story, and I'm going to let him tell his story uh, so he can so you can understand where he came from and what he does. But at the end of the day, his claim to fame is this process of, he calls it demystifying the mystical aspects of, of meditation and um, helping people with the process of releasing stress and anxiety and fear and the fear of death. Um, that, that's in a nutshell. It is way too simple, Kelvin. I'm going to let you explain all the nitty gritty because it is really an interesting process. And I can tell you from my experience, and I'll share my experience later on in the show, as a medium and a, and a, and a, a healer, I meditate all the time. And um, he has changed my life through the process of, of helping me kind of shift how I meditate. And it's very powerful stuff, and it's so simple. I'm, I was so frustrated myself, like, really, that's it? I was kind of expecting bells and lights and whistles, and it's like, nope, let's sit down and do this. It was awesome. <laughs> 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 it was really awesome. But tell us about who you are. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, to, before I tell people who I am, there's one simple thing to always keep in mind. There is power in simplicity. So I think we live in a culture and a world, and especially the American culture, gets so caught up in complexity so much. And yes, there are issues. There are lots of social issues. There's lots of uh, economic issues that are very, very complex and do require complex solutions. However, when we're talking about nature and we're talking about the natural process of how the mind operates, which is what really meditation is all about, we're talking about simplicity is much more powerful than complexity. That's the key. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that, but remember that phrase, there is power in simplicity. So um, power in simplicity. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. That's uh, that's (laughs) one that we tend to, uh, we we tend to forget. I think culturally, uh, societally, I tend to, we, I think we tend to forget that. Um, So yeah, I've been meditating for, this is, uh, my 51st, I just started my 51st year of meditating. Oh, my God. 
I know. I don't feel this that old, Angel. How did this happen? You know. I mean, so, because you, you started, you 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 came out of the womb <laughs> meditating, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, in a nutshell, kind of, sorta, but uh, not exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I learned when I was a teenager. I learned, I learned a, a practice of meditation as opposed to just you know closing my eyes or whatever. No, I actually learned a technique of meditation when I was a teenager. And I've been teaching meditation now for 40, this is my 47th year teaching meditation. I've taught thousands of people around 44 countries. I just taught, oh, uh, maybe a month or two ago, I taught uh, my person from my 44th country, Saudi Arabia. Um, wow. Doesn't matter what people's religious or cultural backgrounds are. They believe in God, don't believe in God. This is a non-religious, non-culturally oriented technique, the way I teach it, called turning within meditation. Um, but my history is that when I was a teenager, as I just mentioned, I learned transcendental meditation, which is commonly known as TM, um, as taught by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And uh, some of your um, audience may be old enough to remember uh, who the Beatles are. I joke yeah. say that. My kids know who yeah. the Beatles are. But anyway, you know, and the Beatles <laughs> learned, <laughs> the Beatles, my kids are, have a sophisticated uh, you know, uh, music background, <laughs> diverse <Yeah>. background, <laughs> sophisticated, the wrong word, diverse background music. But no, uh, but uh, they, they learned in 67, 1968 and uh, studied with him in India in 1968. I learned about two years later, I studied with him personally in 1971 and 73. And I was an international leader in his organization for about 10 years. And then the, the organization kind of went in a different direction. And I went, and, uh, you know, I wanted to stay more focused on the meditation and so forth. And they got into other things, uh, which is fine. But um, I left the organization after about 10 years. Um, but I still give Maharishi full credit. And I do this publicly, just like now on this podcast. I give Maharishi full credit as, to, as the spiritual revolutionary that he has been in this most recent lifetime. He died in 2008, by the way, in his 90s. Mm. Um, But in in this lifetime and some of his other lifetimes that I'm aware of, he has been a spiritual revolutionary. And in this lifetime, I give him full credit for being the one guy, the one person, male or female, the one person who, after millennia of meditation techniques and processes for thousands of years, he said, no, it does not have to be difficult. It can be easy. Actually, it should and can involve no focusing, no controlling the mind, no focusing on the breath, no trying to clear the mind of thoughts, no trying to push the thoughts out of the mind, none of that. And so I've taken uh, the process and made it easier, and I've removed all the cultural uh, trappings from the teaching and so forth, as I said, because I work across so many countries and and cultures now uh, around the world, every culture. Um, So... But that's how I get started, and, and, and I, I thank him for, 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 for you know, uh, exposing me to this, because when I first learned, I was a stress. I don't know if you remember, you know, there was a phrase that people used to use, they call it, like, a, I'm a stress ball. Or a stress I'm a stress ball, ball. I know. Yep. Stress ball, a ball <laughs> of stress, or a stress <laughs> ninny. I mean, I hear people with all kinds of phrases. I was stressed out when I was a teenager. Boy, I'll tell you. I was really high anxiety. That's why I learned to meditate. 
I've had, as you know, I've had all these spiritual experiences we, we can touch upon uh, if we want to in the next hour. But um, I learned not for spiritual reasons. I learned for anxiety reasons. And, and, I, and uh, I think it speaks to what's going on in our world now with COVID-19 and the pandemic and the being locked up and, you know, in our houses and not can't go out. So often and social distancing and all that stuff has created an incredible amount of higher anxiety. And so people who already were highly anxious are now even more. So, and then people who weren't are now anxious, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm teaching a lot of people around the world now, uh, well, in the last several years, but especially in the last year because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, you know, who, who are presenting with high anxiety issues. It's a very, 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 that's the most common issue I think that's coming up when people find me on the internet. Yeah. 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 But that's why I learned. And it, it just turned, it obviously turned my life around because I became a teacher of meditation soon after and taught the first meditation courses at in the history of West Point Military Academy at West Point, taught several courses there. And then in the U.S. Army in Korea, was up in the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea a number of times teaching meditation there, all the U.S. Army bases and Air Force bases in, in, in Korea. And so I teach veterans and active service people who are coming out of Iraq and Afghanistan now, currently, um, as well as just people like you and me, just regular people uh, with regular jobs and so forth. I've also taught Buddhist monks to meditate. Now, people may think, Buddhist monks, don't they already meditate? <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they do in the monastery. <laughs> they're, they're, they're meditating, right? In the monastery, they're meditating all day. But what happened was, when I was teaching in Asia, it, this is a tr- true story, what happened was, um, I also called the meditation, I translated it into Chinese, uh, as the in, calling it the intelligence technique, because the meditation technique also happens as a side effect to improve people's memory and learning ability and increase the, uh, the production of um, brain cells in the hippocampus part of the brain that's in the front part of the brain that has to do with learning ability, memory, and emotional balance. Well, I, I translated the technique to the intelligence uh, technique. And, and so these, you know, you know, the Buddhist monks, the young ones said, well, I want to be more intelligent. So they came to the lecture and I told them, this is this meditation technique that I teach. And they said, well, we already do meditate. You know, I said, I know, you're, you're Buddhist monks. So you could tell when they walk through the door, their robes and everything. And, uh, and I said, you can still do that. That's fine. Just do this technique. Don't mix the techniques. There's no conflict. Don't mix the techniques. Do mine first and then do yours afterwards, which is what they did all day. And they were monks. And they would all come back and say they got more out of their Buddhist meditation that they're doing or whatever kind of meditation they're doing, because I've taught other Christian uh, monks as well, doing their Christian form of meditation. There's no conflict, but, uh, but it's easier what I teach. So since it's so much easier, they do it first, and then it, it in a sense, expands their conscious capacity. It relaxes their mind and body more. And then whatever they're doing afterwards, if they're monks or if they're business people or athletes, doesn't matter, they can perform better. And so, um, yeah, no conflict. I've taught every clergy from every religion, priests, That's nuns, amazing. rabbis, Muslims, imams, you, you name it. Um, but, yeah, well, so, beautiful. so that's, how I first get in. that's how I first get in. And then 
And then I started getting uh, spiritually, as you know, Angel, I started opening up after about, what was it, six or seven years of meditating, I spontaneously started having um, spiritual experiences of various sorts. I bet, because you're, yeah. you were like plugged in at that point, right? You're yeah. Totally was, plugged in. I think a cumulative effect is the phrase that I tend to use, as you know, from having taken my meditation class yourself. You know, the cumulative effect of the meditation, just doing it 10 to 15 minutes each time, twice a day, that's it. But twice a day for, you know, for me, and it was six or seven years. And then I just spontaneously opened up, you know, started opening up in various ways from a spiritual standpoint. And I wasn't even looking for it. It was just, as I said, completely automatic and spontaneous. I, so, I, I wanted to I wanted to stop you for a second because as you're talking yeah. about all this stuff um, and you mentioned as, as I was in the class I I want to make sure I, I I I give to my audience like the real picture of how important this is and I wanted I thought that would be a good time to to stop and talk about my experience and then let you continue because yeah. um, it was such a powerful experience for me so people have known me for years I've been in the community I've been a medium and a channel, a life coach, a lecturer, and I, um, a, a healer. And I spend a great deal of my time not just meditating and helping other people meditating and taking people through guided meditations and, and mm-hmm. you know, hypnosis, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And as many of my followers know, I lost my mother in 2018 and my life had just gone dark for a long time. And I was just having a hard time concentrating. Not only was I having a hard time concentrating, I was having lots of health issues. Um, mm. And the, 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 the doctors couldn't help me. They're like, nothing's wrong with you. Maybe you have IBS. Maybe you don't. Go mm. sit down and relax. Go get, get a hobby. You know, this <laughs> is a really weird conversation. But I was having a, a difficult time functioning. And I remember vividly, as the memory is like it happened yesterday, going on vacation with my husband and we were in Las Vegas and I had what I assume is an anxiety attack on the floor mm-hmm. of the casino. And I thought I was going to pass out. And I had been researching all this stuff, like what to do. And I, I, I left my, my husband and his family downstairs. I'm up to the room. I was almost in tears and I'm researching on the internet and your website came up and I was reading your website and reading all your information. And the stuff that came out to me was, um, the fear of death, and that was something that I was dealing with. Like I felt like I was dying. Every time I laid down, I was scared to go to sleep. I was getting no sleep because I thought I was going to die. That was something that was following me, and I had no idea why. Mm-hmm. Reached out to you, contacted me, and literally took me through. It wasn't a long time. It wasn't like 17 months of, of, of sitting at the top of the <laughs> mountain, you know, eating nothing but rice, you know, <laughs> in the movie you literally just took me through some processes and i still i'm still i'm a i'm a i'm a um a work in progress but it changed my life and it didn't just change my life for me it changed my life for my clients because i engage with my clients different um i i used to hold more around the product the need and the focus on the meditation and you know how you're supposed to talk and what you're supposed to picture and what you're supposed to look at. And now I focus on the process and meditation is a support system and it's been a, a wonderful experience. And so you don't have to be a guru and you don't have to be a plumber. You just have to be open. And it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I wanted to share that. 
so that you could speak no, to it. Thank, if you for sure. Yeah, it's it's just I just looked you up in my uh, my records here, and it's only been a couple of months, just for people, so people mm-hmm. know it's been like two months since I taught you my technique. Yes, and it's it's different from other techniques out. Uh, it's much easier as you've indicated, and there's no guide, there's no app, no Headspace app, or you know anything like that. It's not a guided meditation, but it does. What it does is it turns on the opposite of the fight or flight switch. So when you were on the casino floor, I guarantee you, you were in fight or flight mode. Your cortisol levels are spiking in your brain, your blood chemistry, your adrenaline spiking, your heart rate is up, and in your mind gets very focused, and that's the fight or flight response. And, and everybody has experienced it at some point in their lives, and there's nothing wrong with the fight or flight as long as it's survival. <laughs> it's for survival, uh, uh, you know, situations. No, like it's the or, bear is at the door. When the bear is at yes. the door, <laughs> it's great, right? When the bear, when the tiger is at the door, run up tree or fight it. Well, I, I'd recommend run up the tree, not try to fight it. But that's what the fight or flight is. That's why they came up. The science researchers came up with the term in the 1970s. Well, human beings have had this mechanism in their human beings. So for you know hundreds of thousands, millions, millions of years, depending on which which tree of the human being evolution you want to talk about. We've always had the fight or flight response, whether you knew what it was called or not. You had the chemical response. Well, the problem today on 21st century planet Earth is that tigers aren't coming to our door on a regular basis to eat us, and yet we're in the traffic jam, we're in the long line outside Trader Joe's because COVID-19 can't let in so many, so many people into the store. You got to get someplace. You get to get to a point you didn't expect such a long line outside the supermarket, or whatever, and your fight or flight turns on. Well, that's not survival mode, but your but the body turns that on. The mind body turns that on, and we get flooded with all the chemi- chemicals, and it imbalances us, creates anxiety, as you described in your words. You had a panic attack, and that yeah. kind of panic attack is an extreme. Um, it's an example of what happens after an extremely large amount of those chemicals get get stored up and stored up and stored up in brain chemistry to the point of overload. We have a panic attack, you know. So what I teach is how do we turn on the opposite switch to the fight or flight, and essentially that's what I teach you, you everybody, all my students to do. And for those listeners out there who know what the medical is it's called the parasympathetic nervous system. I teach people how to turn the parasympathetic. Is in layperson language, it's the opposite of the fight or flight mm-hmm. switch. Wow! So we're having some some, some sort of a, of a um, technical issue. There's some clicking going on. Um, I don't know if that's on your end or if that's the the platform. No, I don't hear anything. Yeah, okay. No. Well, maybe it's me. <laughs> but um, so I want to talk about the. You know, you know, I brought that up, the, the fight or flight, and I'm doing great. Uh, I, 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 I peek in. You know, what I love about um, your process is when, you, when you, you take someone on and we work with you, we have access mm-hmm. to, to resources. And so I've been, I've been poking in and, and, and looking at the, the, the resources, and, and, it's been a, and it's been a big help for me, especially now, because it's real stressful right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real stressful, and, you know, 
like the the there's the vaccine and I you know I found I woke up one day I'm like I'm scared of the vaccine and <laughs> I, I mean, it's so stressful how how do yeah. you how how are we as a as a as a people you know the best way to say it is you know we have to stop and and take time to go inward as you say that that's the only way is to, to yeah. you you have this phrase we talk about um I can see if I can remember it. You compare the, the the brain the process to like like a cargo bay, and like there's this manager trying to get packages out the door. Well, and yeah, I, like aware, so, we all have a warehouse of junk we've been collecting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we've been collecting it for our whole lifetime. Doesn't matter if we're five years or fifty-five years old. Doesn't matter how we are. People collect stuff, and because the bottom line is our sleeping and dreaming are not enough unload all the fatigue, stress, and anxiety that we accumulate in that given day. Uh, because if it was, nobody would be walking around stressed out, and everybody is. So if sleeping and dreaming were enough. So sleeping and dreaming are not enough. And um, as you, you may know, you remember that you know, I, I was the test subject in the very first medical studies ever done on meditation in the U.S., in the United States oh, in 1970, wow. 71, 1970, oh 72. So I was a test subject. And they took blood samples, and uh, they could see the cortisol level, the lactic acid, and I can't remember all the other things that they were measuring, but they could see them plummet in a matter of seconds in, 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 in the people who were meditate, doing this technique. Now, um, it's, it's a, so it's a very, very simple process, but it has immediate effects on the nervous system. But here's the thing. So we're walking around, we're walking around, we're collecting all this stuff, but we're not unloading it and so the analogy was the warehouse analogy that i was telling you and my students in the class it's like everybody's walking around collecting the junk but we're not offloading it because we're not backing up a truck to the loading dock regularly that's like our meditation in our analogy like twice a day back the truck up 10 to 15 minutes that's the meditation back the truck up to the loading dock so that the warehouse manager which is our nervous system can unload the warehouse can unload our, the our, junk. our body because <laughs> our body collecting all this junk in it, right? All the stress, anxiety. Need to unload it, unload it. And so that's that's the the missing part of the puzzle because waking and I mean dreaming and sleeping are not enough to balance out the stresses we get from our waking. We need to add something and that's the researchers called it restful alertness. They came up with a term that, you know, they got to call label things stuff, you know, different things. So they called it, it creates a state of restful alertness, body rested, mind still alert. You're not in a trance. You're still, you know, you smell smoke. I tell people in my class, you've heard me say this, you know, I say, you know, you smell smoke, you get up and you leave the building. You're you not in a building. trance. You know, right. Yeah. There's a fire in the building. Leave, you know, so <laughs> you're not in a trance. You're not going to burn up in a trance, you know, for, for meditating. No, you're you're rested and alert at the same time. Restful alertness. That's why the, the doctors it. and the researchers came up with that term. It's so but different. Yeah. I know. I, I and my husband is is amused because um, when stuff is happening, you know, I, I I work in the fitness industry. It's very stressful right now mm-hmm. in California. Trying, as you know, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on. Sometimes I'm like, I'll go. I have to meditate, and I'll go. I'm like, I'll be right back. Leave me alone. I'll go. <laughs> I meditate. He's like, Wow, you're like serious about this. Like it, it just. You, when you do it, when you release, and I and I, um, I'm not experiencing. I haven't had a knock on wood. I haven't had a panic attack or any of those issues since you know, the last time you and I spoke, because mm-hmm. I, I I'm very 
I, I've become very disciplined with it now. Um, right. I found that I wasn't Good. doing it disciplined at first. I was like doing it when I needed to do it, kind of right. like taking an aspirin when I get a headache kind of scenario. But I found if I if I do it, and what I love about your what you're saying is I was always taught in every new age metaphysical, every kind of training, like you sit down and you meditate for an hour. And like, right. that's why a lot of people don't meditate. <laughs> yeah, don't like, need to do that. Here's the thing. The reason is this. The reason is you don't have to do it for that long is because it works so fast, the easier it is. The easier, the more difficult the technique is, first of all, people won't do it, but, but just in terms of it, the efficacy, the efficiency of it, it's less efficient the more difficult the technique is. So the easier the technique is, not only will you do it, but the, as far as the efficacy of the technique, it's more efficient. And if it's logical, if you think about it this way, the fight or flight switch is an automatic switch that everybody knows that they have because everybody who's listening right now has experienced the fight or flight switch sometimes. It's automatic. It's not like in the middle of the intersection, if a car runs a red light and you're talking to your, 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 your friend walking across the street and you see this car out of the corner of your eye running the red light, spacing out, some driver spacing out, your fight or flight automatically turns on, your blood goes to the big muscles in your leg, your heart you know, races, your adrenaline pumps, you get a glucose sugar spike to give you quick energy, your cortisol spikes, and you run to the curb and save your life. That's an automatic response. It's not like you're standing in the middle of the intersection going, oh, there's a guy running red light, turn, quick, turn on my fight or flight. You don't have to tell your body to do that. It's automatic. The thing yeah. is, the opposite is equally automatic. So everybody experiences the fight or flight as being automatic, but there is an automatic, equally automatic opposite switch. That's the parasympathetic nervous system switch. That's the medical term. The non-medical term is the opposite of the fight or flight. Well, logically, if you think about that, how can you turn on an automatic switch? You can't really turn on an automatic switch by trying to control to turn it on, by focusing on your breath, or trying to make your mind turn the switch on, or trying to stare at a candle and try to turn the switch on. You don't know. All of that control, manipulation, focusing, concentrating the mind, those are all what I call waking state rules. You don't use waking state rules in meditation. To turn yeah, on an automatic, right? To turn on an automatic that. switch, it has to be as automatic as possible. That's why what I've taught you and these, my other students, this technique, it's so easy. That's why it turns on this automatic opposite of the fight or flight switch so quickly that you, therefore you only you only got to do it 10 or 15 minutes each time twice a day that's all you got to do you don't have to do it for hours if it if it's if it's not working it's not working it's not working people think well i got to do it longer do it longer no it's a it's a misplacement as i just said of waking state rules for most techniques they've misplaced the teacher still has not fully understood they're using waking state rules in meditation and in fact we should use meditation rules in meditation, not waking state rules. So what are waking state rules? Focus, control, walk down the stairs here. I'm paying attention with my Amazon boxes to take them to the dumpster. You know, don't trip. Direct my foot onto the <laughs> stairs. You know, driving my car through a busy intersection of kids and bicycles and baby carriages. Focus, control my mind, control my hand on the steering wheel. Those are waking state rules. They are not a applicable in meditation and yet time and time again 
If you look at other meditation techniques through that lens, you will see them be using waking state rules over and over again. Focus on the candle. Focus on the breath. Focus on the this. Focus on this word. Focus on this phrase. Look at this mandala and focus on it. Focus on this beautiful, loving phrase. It's still controlling the mind. Those are right. still used waking state rules. You see? I see. And it's kind of stressful if you're not. Um, I have a client and, you know, she would say, I, I can't, I don't see all the stuff that they tell me to see. So she's like stressing out in her meditation, which defeats exactly. the purpose of meditation, right? Totally <laughs> it's like, counterproductive. Totally counterproductive. Exactly. <laughs> and then I have people, I have people who've come to me. They've tried other techniques that involve the breath and different forms of breath techniques and this and that. And they actually, it stresses them out more because they have breathing issues so, or, or fears about breathing and so forth and so on or whatever, or it just kickstarts breathing issues for them. So that's, that's counterproductive. So that's why, you know, the way I teach it, it works for people regardless of what previous, we'll call them previous barriers they, they may come to me with. doesn't matter, right? It's very easy. Yeah. Right. You know, you've yes. experienced yes. it. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, so why is it? And, you you know, I whatever answer you come up with, I'm dying to hear. Um, why, why do we fear? Why does the fear of death come to us when we're mm. in the midst of all this weird stress? Because mm. even now I look back on it I'm like, why is why was I afraid I'm going to die? I mean, that's what's like. What is the, the death fear? About? Yeah. So let me, let me just, before I answer that, let me just do one quick sentence with people like, why, why is this guy Kelvin Chin into helping people overcome the fear of death? My mom died when I was young and it was about 35, almost 40 years ago now. <clears throat> and she died suddenly of an illness, very, very suddenly, a very serious illness, obviously. And I was very close to my mom. And that's how I get into death and dying issues because, you know, I've had other like my grandparents had died, you know, some of them had died pr prior to my mom, but they were in their 80s and 90s. And so it was, it was kind of more, I don't know, easier to wrap my mind around. Plus, I was so close to my mom, I wasn't as close to them, you know. And so um, it was the first person in my lifetime, this lifetime, who I had to really look death and my grief, quite frankly, and sadness around my mom, the loss of my mom really look death in the face and how to deal with it and so forth. That's why I've been doing this, helping people reducing their fears around death and dying for so many decades now. But why is that? Why is fear the, I mean, the, the fear of death? It's the, like the elephant in the room that everybody knows is there, but they don't want to talk about because they think, oh, if I don't look over in that corner of the room where the elephant is, maybe it'll go away. And it doesn't, right? So it's so... Uh, pervasive through our culture but now with the COVID-19 it's more in people's face so to speak um, and I, I've gotten so many people have found me on the internet who have fears of death and dying I think really the the fear of death distills down to one other fundamental fear and it's called I think it's I call it the fear of uncertainty I think basically it's because regardless of what your views are about death and dying. And just as an aside, I help people regard, it doesn't matter whether they're religious, not religious, culturally believe this way about death and dying or that way, it doesn't matter. I help people, as I said, you know, across all cultures and countries in the world, 
and, but I'm here to help people live more in the present so that they are fear-free. Well, hmm. it really distills down to the fear of uncertainty. That's what identif- I identify that with all of my, my clients. It's the fear of uncertainty. You know, we're not sure. You may think that this is going to happen after you die. You're not sure. Uh, and there are fears around that. And so I help people think that through. And we talk about that. But, but the bottom line is, I can't get rid of uncertainty in the universe. We live in a universe full of uncertainty. And that's just the way it is. But I help people get rid of their fears. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have my Fuji apples, my organic Fuji apples I want at Trader Joe's, you know, when I go there. They're, oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> everybody else likes them, too, evidently, because literally, I think I, two months ago, I went there, and it was like one. There was one apple on the, on the shelf, and I took it. But, you know, uncertainty is, is, is part of life, is the point. But I can help people reduce, reduce, and get rid of their fears about it. That's the issue. That's that's where the rubber meets the road. Okay. Then now, you can live your life. Then you can live your life, which is the beautiful thing. Um, and when when we're afraid of of you know what's going to happen, it's scary right now. Uh, three over three hundred thousand people have died in our right. country, and uh, if you listen to the news, but you can't help yourself because it's everywhere. No matter what you do, you can't get away from it unless you t- unless you turn everything off. It's a scary sounding uh, world. And I had a, 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 an imagine, imaginary vision if everybody sat down and meditated, everybody in the world sat down <laughs> and meditated and released and got calm, what would the world be like, <laughs> right? Well, the thing is, they would, we would want them to be doing it consistently every day, right? Because otherwise, the warehouse manager cannot get rid of everything in the warehouse from one meditation. That's the thing. So, yeah, it would be better than nothing. <laughs> but what we, what, we, what we like is consistency, because as you know, if you're not doing something consistently that is helpful for you, whether it's meditating or working out or, you know, hey, yeah. you're not doing it consistently, you're not getting the cumulative benefits of it. You're not continuing to unload. See, there's two things that happen. It's not just the unloading of the warehouse, of the getting rid of the old junk. It's the not taking on new junk and storing it in our warehouse, Right. Those are oh the my two God. things, right? Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, otherwise you're standing, you're, you're, you're marking time. You know that phrase in marching? You're marking time. You're yep. standing still. Mark you're not moving time. forward, right? You're just, you're just, you're, if you're just getting rid of the old stuff and taking on new, new stuff, you're just putting new stuff into the warehouse. What we want to do is get to a place where we're all getting rid of the old stuff and not taking on new stuff. That's the coping is what we call that. Right, coping, me- improving and strengthening our coping mechanism, so we're not taking on new junk. New stuff. Right. I have enough junk. I don't need no more junk. Right. <laughs> don't need new stuff, and we want to get rid of the old stuff. So that's what I teach people to do: is how to get. That's what you're doing now, consistently doing this technique. Because yeah. when you were consistent initially, thank you for your self-disclosure. That's good. It's good to be candid. You know, you know, when you were not consistent, what you were doing is getting rid of stuff, but you're still taking on new stuff, you see? Right. No. And I felt that. I, I mean, I can I, I can say that I felt that I felt the getting better. Like, I, like when we had our first session, um, it was in Vegas. You were you were kind enough to take me on like immediately. And so there I was, the, 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 the family and friends were downstairs doing what they do. And I was upstairs in my hotel room having this, this session. And when it yeah, was done, on the phone, phone yeah. yes, 
on the phone. And then when it was done, I felt fantastic. And I went downstairs and I had a really great time and, and um, we finished some sessions and about two weeks later, cause I was doing everything and I kind of got sloppy with it. I felt everything coming back again. I think right. I even called you in a panic, like, Oh my God, I need a session. Yeah, you did. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, you, so you reminded me, you know, you can tap into me on the, you know, on the internet, which was awesome because it's usually not like that. And I, I, what I love about it and why I wanted to get you in front of my audience is there's so many people out there right now and there's so many resources out right now, but it's like a, an addiction. It's like they, they make you come back and come back and come back and come back and have all yeah. these different levels of, of, of achievement that you have to get to. And yes. what I love about you is like, hey, come, let me help you if you want to come. And, you know, you have access, you can come to the workshop. And it's, you really are coming from a heart. Like you, you want to help people. And because of that, it's like, it's like a, 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 like the law of attraction. Because of that, you seem to be taken care of. It's like you don't have to make us go through all that stuff because you have enough people coming to you to take care of your needs, if, if I'm Yeah, there. no, exactly. Here, look, even before, even, you know, when I was first, you know, I've been doing this full time for the last is it, seven or eight years now. And I did it full time, as I told you guys uh, earlier, you know, in my, when I was in my 20s. In between, I had a corporate life and I raised family and so forth and two children and so forth. So, you know, now my, my, um, you know, uh, my budget is different from when I was raising two children, <laughs> going to, you know, who both went to college and university and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, so, so, but, but here's the thing. Um, to your point of, you know, you jokingly called me your guru. But thing is, I am, I do not take a guru approach to this because my right. guru in my, now, if you, if you, if people are thinking guru as teacher, that I'm a teacher. Okay. That's fine. But when I say I'm not taking a guru approach, what I mean by that is I'm not looking to collect people. I'm not looking to collect followers, you know, and who keep coming back and da, 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 and they have to keep, you know, donate, you know, kicking money. You know, people take my class. I am available. As you know, my schedule is available for all my students. I give them lifetime follow-up text, email. They want to meditate with me privately as my schedule allows. They do that from around the world. Yeah. I'm here to help people. That said, it's on you. You yeah. decide when you want to, you know, a- access me as a resource. I'm not saying thou shalt have to come back. You take the class. And then, <laughs> right? And I, and I yep. say, you know, and you took a private class with me. Some people yes, will I take did. a group class. But you, having taken the private class, can sit in forever as many lifetime, you know, a public uh, group classes for the rest of, you know, our lifetimes forever, you know, and after I, die, my kids are going to probably teach after I go, but, you know, lifetime follow-up is the thing. And so, um, you know, I make it available to you and my other uh, students. And, you know, the other day I had people in from 1983, I taught them, 1996, 1999, 2010, oh my gosh. six months ago, two, three years ago, four years ago. People just, they'll just sit in. They don't have to pay. They just, they just show up and they sit in on the class forever as a refresher. I'm here to help people stay on track. That's the bottom line. So they get the benefits. That's, that's really beautiful. And um, 
we only have 20 minutes left in, in the hour mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people ha- are, are like wanting to, to talk to you. And I, I wanted to, to ask if it was okay to, to take a call just to give somebody else, some of the listeners an opportunity to ask you a couple questions. Sure. Are you down yeah, for yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, don't, before I take a call, I want to remind uh, remind our audience that our listeners that we have Kelvin Chin on tonight, and he is not a psychic medium. So um, uh, hopefully, you have some questions about meditation or stress or anything like that. And I'm going to take the call. Thank you for. Thank you for calling in. This is Angel. You have Kelvin on. Who are we speaking to? Hi, this is Carla. for taking my call. I'm mm-hmm. very interested in what you offer. And um, is it if I have if I book like a session, a private session with you? Is that does it is it like an hour long session or mm. is it better to do a group where you do exactly I love the it. same thing? She cut straight to the chase. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. So, so thanks <laughs> for calling in, Carla, and asking this. So, so um, I give a free phone session to anybody in the world about any topic they want. And it's just a matter of going to my website. You can just go to Kelvin, just Google my name, Kelvin Chin, and I have like the first three or four pages on Google. You'll see all my uh, tons of stuff there. So just go to any of my websites. I have four different websites. If you find any of my websites, you go to the bottom of any page and you'll see hot links to the other three. So that's the easiest way to navigate around my four websites. But go to any contact page on any of them, send me a message there, and we set up a time for an hour call with me. And if people are from around the world, I I can use my Zoom link. Sometimes we use WhatsApp. uh, Or if people are in Canada or the U.S. or Mexico and have, you know, free uh a free uh, access to a phone call then you just we just set up a time and you call my cell phone so th- that's that's it in a nutshell now i have classes that i teach which i can explain to you either now or or uh, on the private session you know uh depending on what your needs are so depend i so so we we talk about you know what your needs are and then can, how much can i help you right then and there in the free call i will and then, you know, if it requires, a, you know, a class like Angel took and so forth, then it's a four-day class, the meditation class. Uh, I also teach an afterlife class, um, which is a six-week, um, it's a 12-week, but six-session, so every other week, uh, uh, series that's starting in, on January 3rd. I have another one of those starting. My next available group uh, class for teaching my Turning Within Meditation uh, I have a couple of seats left on January 8th, and then uh, a couple of weeks later after that, I put that January 22nd, I guess, this might, this, I have a, a more seats open then. So I tend to fill up fairly you know, far out in advance uh, with the group classes, which is why Angel didn't want to wait. So she just did a private class with me. So, but does that answer your question, Carl? Yes, I did. <laughs> I think. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So just get in touch thank with you. me on my website. We'll schedule a time. It's free to talk with me, you know, initially, and then we'll go from there and see, you know, Beautiful. what your need is and so forth. Okay. Thank you for calling in, Carla. Yeah. Just send and, you an email. Yeah, just send me. A, so go into my contact page on any of my websites, and you'll send that. That I will did. send me an yeah, email. Just send you. I just send you, so we'll figure thing out. Right. Okay, great. Thank you. Good, good, good. Beautiful. You're very. Love you're it. very. You're very. Uh, that's that. I like the assertion and taking a, 
taking the bull by the horns and, 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 and making the Well, you activity. know, I like Angel. She's amazing. I, and uh, Oh, thank you. I, I do trust her um, judgment. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good. Oh, thank Good. you. Thank you for calling in. And I will tell you and all the other callers, I, I, I wanted to bring him on um, because I do trust him and because it was such a powerful experience for, for me in my life. And I know everybody's under so much anxiety right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you can feel it like standing inside a, a, a container of, of icky liquid. It, it, you can feel the anxiety coming off of people. Mm-hmm. And I am like the happiest person skipping down the street right now because I, I stop and release this stuff every day. And so I, I'm just like skipping around singing. I'm like, why are you so happy? How can you be happy? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm the joyous life coach and it's my job to be happy. <laughs> but. <laughs> But I don't. I'm not stressing on the stuff the way um, I was stressing on this stuff before. So, Carla, I'm glad that you um, reached out to him, and he's gonna reach out to you, and you guys are gonna have an amazing, an amazing session together. Yeah. And then I'm, gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you about it next time you call into the radio program. <laughs> See how it went. Thank you. We are. That was really mm-hmm. awesome. So um, mm-hmm. let, me, let me grab somebody else. And sure. One more, one more person here. Let's see. You are on the air with Angela Kelvin. Who are we speaking to? Are you there? Oh, hey, you're speaking to Jim from New York. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I don't know if I have a – well, I had a question, but the young lady kind of already answered it, so I'm going to send you an email. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Everybody, everybody Sounds just good. wants to know Sounds how good. to reach you. That's what, that, that's what it comes down to. Well, then I'll let you listen to the last part of the show then. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Good. So, so you, uh, what is it that they said uh, in uh, that movie with Tom Cruise? You had me at hello. Everybody yeah. seems to be very yeah. convinced of, yeah. of of what what your your story is here and what your services are, and I'm not surprised. Yeah, let me People. say one thing that came up today. I'll share something that came up in a phone call that I had, a phone session I had earlier today with somebody. Um, who was calling me actually from New York. That's why the person from New York just reminded me from New York. There's also a person also from New York uh, had called me and set up an appointment. And then we, we, we talked today earlier and uh, that he had, he had been um, uh, we'll call it uh, experimenting with various types of meditation techniques and stress management issues. And he was using headspace and he was using, YouTube, and he, he just was trying to get his, how could he manage his anxiety? So he was really, you know, trying to self-help him way through, his, his self, himself through, and he was looking at all these different resources. And um, he talked to me about this idea of being in the present and living life in the present. And I said, yeah, that is a good, that's an important goal to have, an objective. But uh, and, and then he was describing to me some of the techniques that he was learning from various people. And he had paid somebody some uh, $100, $200 or something like that to teach him a technique, but it hasn't been working for him. And I said, describe the technique. And he said, well, basically, it was like being in the present. Like when you're doing the dishes, be in the present and remind yourself to be in the present. And I said to him, look, that doesn't work. Because as soon as you're reminding yourself to be in the present, you're out of the present. Is having the thought of being in the present is not being in the present. Being in the present is you are in the moment. 
fully in the moment, engaged. You're not thinking that you're in the moment. It's like I, I said to him, it's like, look, I'm talking to you right now. I'm on the West Coast. Uh, I'm actually going to go swimming. And it's true. It's true. I, I swim at the heated city pool here and I, uh, in the winter. And I said, I'm going to go swimming after this. I could be thinking right now I'm going to go swimming. I'm not swimming. I am talking to you. The fact that I am thinking that I'm swimming is just a thought. The fact that you are thinking you are in the present is just a thought. You are not in the present. That's experiential, just like swimming is experiential. All right? So it doesn't matter what your thought is. Are you having the experience of what you're talking about? And so I said to him, there are so many techniques and self-development processes out there that use the description of the goal, which is point B, I call it. That's where you want to be. But they use a description of that as the technique to get there, and that's mistaken. That is a mistaken approach. I teach people how to get from point A because that's where you are. You're not at point B. That's the whole point. You're not living in the moment, to him, I said. You're not living in the moment. You want to be living in the moment like some of the people in the testimonials that have written uh, you know, have written, for, written, written to me on my website, you know, that's not a mental manipulation process. That's merely rearranging the deck chairs or the thoughts in your mind. That is not being in the moment. It's not the same thing. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. It really does. And it's just, um, it's like a, a weird philosophical puzzle. It's like, I'm talking right now about being in the now and why I say it, I'm not in the now anymore. <laughs> yes. Like, it's the, so the, phrase, <laughs> yeah, the phrase that I use that you can, you can, you can use this phrase. You can, you can steal it from me, Angel. When I can you're steal talking, it. Okay. Which is, which is the continual presence, the continual presence. It's not, it's not just being in the moment. It's being in the continual moment, the continual present, because two seconds ago is now the past. Right, a split second, a millisecond ago is now the past. Right, so we're in, we're always in the continual present. That's the reality. The problem is that emotionally, most people are not emotionally there, fully there. They're in what I call beyond the imagination horizon. That's what I call the future. So everything between now, here, and now, and the imagination horizon—that's the present. The continual right. present is changing and changing and changing and changing. Everything we imagine beyond that, our emotions often take us there. We're not emotionally in the continual present, right? That's the, yeah. that's the trick. That's the trick. How do we do that? So that's what the technique that I teach in the way that you know the way I teach it, easy, effortless way, allowing the mind to wander and think whatever and not control the mind, that, that automatically, without thinking, that you're, oh, you got to get yourself in the continued present. It automatically puts you there. That's the thing. Oh, right? oh my God. I, I have to tell you, um, and for the audience, I had like a visceral reaction the first time we engaged. You're like, don't get in the way. Just let it happen. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so used to trying to do, going through this, this regimented process of trying to focus my thoughts. Right. Right. And, and it's, you, that's it's like you gave me <laughs> you you gave me permission. It's like you gave yes. me permission. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. I gave you permission. You know, we apply different rules in meditation. That's fine. Focusing in waking state. It's the same way as you think about if you if you were talking to somebody who had never ever 
slept before, never experienced sleeping. So they're walking around in the days because literally they're, they're kind of in a dream state most of the time because they're so exhausted. They've never slept. And you, and you said to them, you, you know, I'll teach you how to go to sleep at night. Just lie down on this thing called a bed. Just lie down, turn the lights off, close your eyes, and just try to focus on your breath. Count your breath. Oh, right my focus, God. Focus on going to sleep. Just focus, focus. Uh, that's not going to work. Find waking state rules inappropriately. That's not how we go to sleep at night. And yet people routinely apply waking state rules in meditation. It's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a place because you did clarify that for me as well um, when I was when when I worked with you that there's a place for it, you know, and like in my practice I use hypnosis, I use affirmations, I use right. meditation, and there's yep. a place for that, you know, and yes. healing all that yes. kind of stuff. And that's it's like yes. what you made clear for me is we're talking about something else that there's a place for that, yes. and that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. You can use it; it's no. good. No, you can still do guided meditations. You still do affirmations. In fact, just like with the Buddhist monks. You get more out of your affirmations after you do this simple technique. Exactly. And then you do your affirmations. Or in the case of the priests and the nuns, they're praying. So you, you, you and I may call them affirmations. It's, it's, that's what they are. But they're praying. Prayer, yeah. God, yeah, the prayer. Jesus, yeah. Whatever. You know, they're involved in prayer. Well, they get more out of their prayer after they do this simple technique. Why? Because this technique is expanding the mental capacity for experience, not adding more information. We live in a world where we think content is, content is king. And content is important, but it is not, it's not, it's not, it's not the only thing because we, our mind is only so big. If we, we need to expand our conscious capacity, then we can put more into it. So the fear that everybody has now, and, and people have, a lot of really very clear fears. And I, I talk to clients and friends and, and, and coworkers all the time. And, you know, they create these stories, you know, whether it's about COVID or the election or politicians. And, and, and what I, I had this conversation with someone earlier today as I was preparing for the show. And one of the things he said to me was really interesting. He said, it's the same story every day. I don't know why everybody's so upset. And I thought about that for a minute. You know, I'm, I'm over 22, we'll say, and I've I've been through a lot of elections. I've voted for people and they won. I voted for people and they lost. It's every four years we get a new every we get a new guy. Why is mm-hmm. it so different today? What's the difference today? The stories that we're listening to. That's what's different today, right? I think I think the stories and I think the tribalism is much yep. greater today than it has been in the past, and that's a problem. Tribal meaning we have these different groups. You have this group politically, you have this group economically, you have this group socially, you have this group religiously, you have this. And there's all these little tribes in all these little segments, and they think that their way is the only way. Is the way. And, that, and, that, and that's problematic. And that's problematic. And, and, and I think the media, to some extent, has, 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 has fed that, to be honest, because it feeds their advertising budget, because the advertisers love having lots of viewers and the viewers like fights and that's a problem with us culturally so we like we like winners and losers we like fights we like to see you know you know that's why reality shows are so popular and so forth yeah. so we kind of we kind of have asked for it in this, so we got to take responsibility i'm just saying from a cultural standpoint not just keep pointing the fingers we need to look inside okay 
How much have I contributed to that? You know, but, but here's the thing. So um, I always say control what we can control, let go of what we cannot control. So, so people need to take more control over what they can control. What are you eating? Are you exercising? Do you meditate? Do you go to sleep at a decent hour? Control what you can control. Let go. Look, I can't control who's voting for who in Georgia in the election. I can't control that. You know, you know I let, let go of that. You know, if I observe it from a distance, okay, fine, but I cannot control it. I'm not going to let that rule my happiness. That's yes. the key. All right? Yes. Not yes. rule my happiness. I rule my own happiness from the inside out. I tell people I take the inside out approach in terms of living life. Just a quick plug for my new book that's coming out in March. I, 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 have, a, I have a book out already, Overcoming the Fear of Death, but um, I have a new book coming out that's going to be more geared towards giving life tips to people. I'll just say it that way. And um, people okay. should connect with me on Facebook and and I post stuff on Facebook. I do not use Facebook for political reasons. I don't get into political stuff on Facebook. I may talk about my, you know, my favorite uh, uh, football team, but that's about that's as political as I'll get. I don't know, <laughs> man. Football's pretty serious stuff. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? right? Right. <laughs> so, but but no, I I do have a book coming out. Uh, my second book coming out in March, um, okay. and I'm working with my book manager. I'm I'm literally proofreading it for the second or third time right now. So okay, well we're gonna have to bring you back then when you when that comes so that you can talk about the book. Um, yes. Because I'm excited sure. about that. So as as I say, when we have a really great show, time flies. We literally have two minutes left. So I wanted to give you your two minutes to have your infomercial. How can people reach out to you? What's the best way to get in touch and, and sure. so on and so forth so that the listeners can can connect with you um, if they just, want to? Yeah, I would just say Google my name or go to kelvinchin.org, kelvinchin.org. Go to the bottom of any page on any of my websites, and you can connect to my meditation website, which is called turningwithin.org, or my Overcoming the Fear of Death website, which is overcomingthefearofdeath.org, or my book website, and you can see which book I'm talking about on my book website. You can read that. Uh, Kelvin H. Chin, author, is the name of uh, it. It'll just say that on the bottom of the page. And also connect with me on the YouTube channel. So just Google me. It's called Kelvin Chin, Turning Within, is my YouTube channel. There are about 100 free webs, I mean, videos there, and you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel. People know that when they YouTube uses that subscription language, you're not you don't have to pay for anything. I don't, it's like a it's a weird use of the word like subscribe. It's like it's like follow. You yeah, know, it's, it's like not, follow. No, yeah. Anyway, so people should subscribe to my YouTube channel and should find me on Facebook. I'm wearing a black pullover in the picture. Kelvin <laughs> Finn, you'll find me. Okay, the fashion, the, the fashion announcement was great. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I, I've enjoyed it. I always enjoy talking to you, and, I, and I, I think you're an amazing soul. You've been put here for a great purpose, and, and, I, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you over the, over the, coming, over the coming years. I'm, I'm glad that you are part of my life, and I'm glad that you're part of my circle. Thank you so much. Likewise. Likewise, Angel. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for everybody listening, visit him, kelvinchin.org. I was going to say .com, but you reminded me it's .org. And yep. send him an email. Get on there. Put, send him a message. 
he'll give you some time to talk to, before you make a decision to, to throw the bucks down because um, sometimes you need to figure out if this is what there is to do. And, so and the other if, thing is, the other thing is, Angel, I should say, I don't turn anybody ever away for financial reasons, ever. No, he does not. I can attest to that. No, he does not. All righty then. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. God bless. Take care and thank everyone for listening. This is Angel signing out. Bye-bye.